This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where in this edition we'll be discussing everything Tottenham Hotspur, Antonio Conte, Fabio Prafji, the transfer window, the Tottenham board and what is next for our fantastic club. Now, I've got three very special guests to talk all things Tottenham with this evening. First of all, we've got Mr. Richard Cracknell back with us, of course, Legends host. Rich, how are you doing? Uh, I've been better, Chris. Personally, I'm very well and I hope everybody's very well. Evening, Dean and Craig and everybody tuning in. So I hope you're all keeping uh, safe and well. Um, that's just in general life. Football-wise... We'll come on to that. Speak to somebody else, Chris. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, of course, have, we're all I here. I have no words on a podcast that requires words. Yeah, we're, we're all here because we're all frustrated and uh, I think we all want to get our, our thoughts off our chest. Uh, we've also got uh, channel regular Craig Dearman with us. Craig, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, um, apart from the obvious. Um, I think the last two I've been on, we've lost. Uh, and this, I, I warn people, it's probably not going to be all skittles and rainbows and, and pixies and, and unicorns tonight, but hopefully it will help people, uh, you know, release a bit and, and realise that you're not alone because sometimes it can feel like that and football's in the grand scheme of things is a minor thing there's a lot more going on in the world this worse but you know when it means so much to you it, um, it can kind of take over your life if you let it so hopefully we'll be able to help and uh, you know uh, make people realise that you know, you're not the only one suffering with this bloody club so uh, yeah look yeah. forward to the next hour or so I think what you're trying to say politely, Craig, is another therapy session. It has been therapy sessions since the World Cup. Uh, we've also got Dean Snoggins back with us. Uh, of course, Deputy Head of Sport of the Sun newspaper. Dean, how are you? 
Um, I'm okay. I'm, I, I dare say that I'm probably a, a little bit more positive than the other two guys, as, uh, as I think I was a bit more positive last time I was on. However, I was very wrong about some of the things I said last time, as it so it proved. Um, and a couple of the things that I was right on, I wish I wasn't. So, um, so yeah, it's just been another roller coaster few months. And um, it feels like Tottenham was summed up in 24 hours at, at Manchester City um, yeah. and, uh, and the following day. And, um, and it feels like the next 24 hours is pretty, pretty pivotal as well. Now, I want to ask you all a very, very simple question to start off with. Dean, let's start the show with you. How are you feeling right now as a Spurs fan? I'm, I'm about as negative as I've been for, uh, well, as, as long as I can remember, really, since, since, we, since we sort of came back, if you like, since, since the Red Nap days of bringing us back into the Champions League and whatever. I think I'm probably as negative as I've, I've been at this point. Um, but I think if we look at 12 months ago, we probably weren't in a too dissimilar place. So that's what I mean about the next 24 hours and week being pretty pivotal. So um, as we know, things can change pretty quickly. And um, if Arsenal hadn't just won, I'd be a lot more positive. But um, <laughs> I, am, I am very negative at the moment. Yeah, you just knew that was going to happen. Last minute winner. Um, Crackers, let's come to you. How are you feeling right now? Um, nothing, Chris. And that's a bit of a worry, to be honest. It's that um, it, just feeling empty. Uh, yeah. Don't feel angry. Don't feel sad. I just don't. I just like like I've had everything knocked out of me, and that's a that's a worrying place to be. That's the only thing I feel is is nothing over it. It's just it just everything seems so devoid of anything at the moment. Moribund, I think, is the word um, that, that I'm looking for. It's just I don't know. I hate that feeling of of nothing. I'd rather be angry. I'd rather that, you know, we were were aiming for something and it wasn't working and something within that was making me feel angry. But, but, But there isn't. There's just this void, just this vacuum of nothingness at the moment. And football is all about emotion, isn't it? It's something for you to get hold of and feel and enjoy or hate or... You know, sometimes you hate your club, sometimes you love your club. That's that's football. That's almost the drug that keeps you in. And at the moment, it's just it, it's it's purgatory, isn't it? And and that's a that's a that's a worry. I I, I don't like that. Um, you know, it's it's like the twelve stages of grief at the moment, isn't it? And I don't know which way I'm going to go with my feelings to anything with Tottenham at the moment. It's you know, they're playing tomorrow night. You should be having maybe, uh, you know, some fear and trepidation or a confidence and looking forward to it. But it's one of those things of if something happened and you couldn't watch Tottenham tomorrow night, I wouldn't be fussed at the moment. And I don't I don't like that feeling. It, it, it's horrible, Chris. Absolutely horrible. Well, I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm, I'm feeling absolutely drained of it. And I try to find the positives in in everything, in ev- in all situations. And at the moment, I'm really, really struggling to find any positives um, at our club, which is uh, a big, big shame. Craig, um, how are you feeling? <clears throat> kind of echo what the other two guys have said and yourself, Chris. It's just, bit, I think drained is, is the right word. And the first world problems and all that, but you know, it, it does kind of wear you down, this club. Just as you think you, you, things are looking better, things are looking up, you just get slapped back down again. 
didn't you? That, that's exactly what it feels. That's what exactly what it feels like to be a fan of this club. It, it's it is two steps forward, one back, and sometimes even more than that. I mean, this this last week has been horrendous for the, for the club and, and supporters of the club. It's just when you get to a point where you just can't see any anything getting getting better, it's just all bad news and defeats and bad news, you know, one after the other. God knows what Daniel Levy must be thinking and, and the board. I mean, what, what are they going to do now? God knows. I'm sure we'll come on to discussing that tonight. But, it, it, you know, when, when I messaged you earlier, Chris, saying, you know, about the possibility of the, this chat tonight, as soon as afterwards, I thought, what am I doing to myself? You know, it's just chatting about Tottenham again. But it's kind of like, I felt like I needed to, you know, a mess, uh, swapped a couple of messages with Gary earlier and he's just in a mood where he's, he's kind of gone completely. They, he just does not want to know at the moment. He doesn't want to talk about Tottenham. Obviously, saw Arsenal win earlier. It's like everything's going against you. And um, I, can, I can totally see everybody's point of view on this. But I, there's one thing for sure. I don't know one Spurs fan that he's obviously happy or looking forward to anything at the moment. And that has got to change soon. Craig, when you said there, um, I wonder what Daniel Levy's thinking. I think that all Spurs fans want to know what he's thinking. Why is there no communication? Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. All right. He's not, he's never been one to come out in front of the cameras, but I think I've said it on here before. I'd like to think if I was a billionaire owner of a football club and apparently one that you support, I would at least month for month be putting a YouTube video out or something to the supporters because you know what it means to fans. Good news, good news or bad news, at least you're there fronting up about it and saying what's going on. And I think people would feel a bit better about things if somebody did come out and tell the truth. Just tell the truth about what's going on. I know they can't say tell you everything. I get that. But just sound bites and like the things you read, end of season statements from the club, it's just all... It's all nothing. It doesn't tell you anything ever. And the fans just, well, the fans deserve to know because without the fans, the business wouldn't function. And it just feels like you're being slapped over and over again. And, you know, when you see things about transfer market, the Poro thing, the Zaniolo thing, all right, a lot of it's just reporters just writing storylines, but there's got to be some truth in it because everybody's saying the same thing. I'm just sick of it, absolutely sick of this club not acting like the big club they proclaim to be. It just really, really gets on my nerves. And so frustrated, Chris, is the word. I think frustration is the main thing with me. It's, you know, years and years of this driving me insane. Dean, let's come to you. On Antonio Conte, are you surprised that in this window we are at this stage of the window and we haven't done any business to back this manager? Because, of course, today, and we'll come on to it shortly, the amount of reports coming out stating that Antonio Conte will leave at the end of the season... Um, do you know any more on this situation? Is this a, is this a true story? Uh, it's, it's difficult to... Well, for a start, um, I, to answer your first question, um, no, I'm not surprised. Disappointed, yes. Um, but no, I'm not surprised. Just to touch on just a small thing that Craig, that Craig said there was absolutely spot on about the, the Levy situation. And I think this is what causes the follow-on from that now. And from just to have my journalists and, and work hat on for a moment, is that... There's, you know, the guys who who are the PR, if you like, are are the media managers and whatever. Really nice guys. They're very hardworking. They do a fantastic job in and around the club with the social media and and the way that they promote the club. The problem is, is that they don't know any more than we know. 
And so then you get yourself in this situation where stories come out. They can't tell us if it's true or it's not. They don't brief. They don't talk. They don't, there's, and so because Levy doesn't speak and because also what winds me up about Levy at the moment is emotionless. It's totally emotionless. You see him in the crowd whenever we score a goal, concede a goal, win a game, lose a game. It's nothing. It's just it's sort of like he's been drained from it as well. So just yeah, and and to get to get back onto your point that I, I think um, I, I don't know exactly now where I mean Demarzio. There's um, it, you know historically was quite close to Antonio Conte and the group of people that work for Antonio Conte. There is definitely a link there. That whether that's come from Conte, then that would be open to interpretation. The problem is, is that if you have one group briefing one way and one group briefing the other, it's pretty clear that there are divisions there. And I don't think any of them are blameless in this. I, I think when I last came on, Chris, I was I was very pro Conte. I still am pro Conte, but now he is creating an issue as well. He is he's very happy to sit in the middle here. And if you looked, if you just drew a drew a line either side of the last three months. And you said you've got a manager who won't sign a new contract and a board who won't invest in the club. It's who's going to blink first? Why would the board invest if the manager's not going to sign the contract? And why is the manager not going to, going to sign a contract if the board aren't buying the players he wants? And, and there we are. What do you believe, though, Dean? Because apparently um, Spurs have this option of extending Antonio Conte's contract by another year. Um, we've seen reports stating that they've offered the contract and he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and, of course, I've seen reports today stating that Spurs have not been impressed with Conte saying recent things in press conferences. I've no doubt of that because some of the stuff he has been coming out in press conferences, I've, I've been thinking as a fan, wow, should you really be saying that? Yeah, absolutely. But he, he virtually made Craig's point, didn't he, as well, the other day. You know, why is it him keep having to trot out the, the, the club's philosophy and what the club wants to do, to use his quote, when nobody else is speaking. And, and it's very clever from him to say, well, in other countries that he's worked in before, um, those, those clubs and those leagues will very much have a, you know, a, 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 an Agnelli figure or somebody like that who, who will talk and, and openly speak and give most of the fans what they want, some sort of update. And I think if we actually knew the nitty gritty of it, then I think there'd be a little bit more forgiveness for Conte. I also think there'd be a little bit more forgiveness for the club. But if he's going to come out and basically say, well, Paratici doesn't talk, Levy doesn't talk, um, you know, then it, it's it's true, isn't it? And But also, no wonder the club aren't very impressed with it because they don't expect managers to do that. And when, when Mourinho started to speak in similar sort of ways, it didn't last very long after that, did it? <laughs> um, so uh, I, I don't blame Conte for it. It's but he, he has to take at this point, as well as the players, some of the fans in the ground, um, so, so you know the obviously Levy and and obviously Conte, there has to be this share of blame that at the moment it's all going wrong, and and unless they all start pulling in the same direction, it ain't going to get much better quicker. Do you think he's going to be Tottenham manager until the end of the season, Dean? I'd be surprised if he's not there until either we're out of a Champions League place fight or. Um, you know, or we're out of both cup competitions or something like that. That really would shock me. Um, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, nothing's impossible with Spurs, is it? Um, but um, but yeah, it would shock me if he does go before the end of the season. I, I I wouldn't be at all surprised if 
you know, we're six points behind the Champions League places with one game to play and we're no longer in the FA Cup and the Champions League and they say, OK, now is the right time to, to move on. That wouldn't shock me. However, it wouldn't shock me if we win eight out of the next ten. I know. <laughs> this is it, supporting Spurs, isn't it? You, you don't know what to expect. Uh, for those of you who missed it um, or didn't see it, um, John Luca DiMarzo, the Italian journalist uh, and transfer expert, and as Dean said, a good friend of Antonio Conte, come out this morning and said Antonio Conte will leave Spurs at the end of the season. Uh, there was no spark. His contract is expiring and the club have not asked him for a renewal. Crackers, when you saw this uh, story this morning, um, were you surprised? Well, um, it's obvious that there's briefings going on from both sides. This is a bit of a willy-waving political war that seems to have gone on between Conte and the club for a while, which has been ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. club went and bought uh, Jed Spence. Conte wouldn't play him. Conte won't play a different system, trying to force the ball to buy players to play his system. Uh, club won't back down. And it's just ramped up and ramped up and ramped up to the point where we got to today where, let's let's be honest, we, we can't say with 100% certainty, but it seems like Conte has briefed Damasio. Um, and, and to be fair, again, the, the Italian to English translation, when you actually translate it properly isn't as harsh as what it came out and being reported. So, but be under no illusion that Damasio has been briefed by, um, by Conte and then it's been backtracked slightly and toned down and a little bit more diplomacy added to it. But it's a shot fired. It's another shot fired. Conte sh uh, fired a shot again the, uh, the other night when he said, you know, nobody from the board comes out. But he spoke about a more general context of English football, British football. Um, but we all know what he was talking about. He was talking about Tottenham and that he keeps getting wheeled out and that the club's just not coming out to take anything, the medical department or anybody. So, you know, the only losers in all this, Chris, is people like yourself that goes up and down the country, giving you time, giving your hard-earned money, you know, gas bills, electric bills are through the roof, and yet people are still finding money to go to football. And then there's like this almost, this war almost going on between board and manager that we're just caught in the, min uh, in the middle of as, as like innocent uh, civilians in it, you know? I know. Listen, I appreciate there's actually a proper war going on and people are actually in trouble. But as an analogy, you know, we, we're just caught in the middle of that at the moment. And, um, yeah, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I expect to see a lot more of this over the coming days and weeks until it gets to a point. I think what will happen now, Chris, is the board will look at this as a financial decision, how much to get rid of Conte and get somebody new in versus him staying and the hits and losses that that's going to be to the club. And I think, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll sit and work that out. And the moment that the tipping point is reached, whereby getting rid of Conte is cheaper than the damage it's doing to the club and its revenues, and, and then, he'll, then he'll go. So uh, it could be tomorrow, it could be the end of the season. That's the problem. But, that's, but again, that, the impasse of that is no good to anybody. That's being transmitted through to the pitch 
through to the fans. And, you know, this just a lack of information and this sort of he said this, she said that, he said this, he, she said that. It's just so damaging and so tiresome at the moment. So no, nobody knows where we are at the moment. I, I wouldn't, but I'd be as I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow night if Ryan Mason was in the dugout at Fulham. I really wouldn't, and I wouldn't be surprised either if Conte was there as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we went there and won four nil like we did at Palace. And I wouldn't be surprised if we got cuffed four nil either. It's just like it's just nothing at the moment that you can like you can hang your hat on, is there? It's like nailing jelly to the wall at the moment with Tottenham. It's just it's just a mess. Someone's got to put their foot on the ball here, Chris. Take charge and go right. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This this is the plan, and like you know, just just go with something. But at the moment, everything's up for grabs. Everything. Crackers, as you said earlier, um, Gianluca Damasio put on his website a couple of hours later after all of this media frenzy about his comments. Um, Antonio Conte and the Tottenham board enjoy a good relationship and the club has already offered him the possibility to stay and a new deal. However, Antonio Conte is now focused on the present. He doesn't want to think about the future, so he's asked the club to put the situation on standby. Our feeling is that Antonio Conte, at the end of the current season, will ask the club to terminate this adventure and maybe come back to Italy. Craig, what do you make of all of these comments from Damasio today? Um, I've read read the article in Italian, then suddenly realised I don't speak Italian, so I translated it to English. Um, but no, I do speak a bit of Italian, but not enough to, you know, as, as Dean said, you know, the lost in translation thing. Um, what the bit that puzzled me was there, there was a line in it that people picked up on that basically said it was, it was basically certain that Conte's leaving, you know. Um, that was the interesting part. Obviously, he's mates with this fella. There was a picture of him and Paratici, you know, the three of them together. Obviously, they're... Them, their mates, they were somewhere today. I don't know if it was at the training ground or whatever. But, you know, he's known, known each other for years. I think, personally, if you ask me my opinion, I think Conte will be gone before the end of the season. Um, the only other time I can remember where they, a club knew that a manager was going to be going at the end of the season was Ferguson and possibly Wenger. And there were two totally different situations to the one Tottenham are in. Now, to know your manager's leaving at the end of the season, this position we're in, in my mind, during a transfer window, personally, I can't see the point in carrying on with Conte if you know he's going. Um, I know with directors of football, they're supposed to be buying players for the manager, but also, to a point, players for the club. So the idea is if you change managers, they have to work with the players that the club's bought. I know we're not kind of going down that route completely, and we're supposed to be buying Conte the players he wants, but that was a philosophy. So... If Conte, is Conte's heart going to be fully in it till the end of the season? He probably is because he's a professional, but he's not going to be in it 100%, I don't think. Um, for, looking on social media, I think a lot of fans are now like, why are we bothering? Get, you know, let's sit down with Conte, pay him off and get the only man in, in my opinion, that can get this club back, win the fans back, and that's Pochettino. It's not going to be the most popular choice, but... I don't know who else is out there that would win the fans back more than Poch. I just personally, at this point, 
look, I want Monte Conte to sign a long-term deal, two, three years, give him the chance, give him the tools, let him build and see what he can do. If we're still in this position in a year, year and a half, then readdress, reassess the situation. But now we know he's going pretty much, you know, I think we can all say that he's going to be gone, right? So, but what is the point? Let's try and move forward and get another manager in now because it's clear. I, I do feel for Conte for all the reasons we've discussed, but also the three friends he's lost. He's probably just reassessed life. It must be incredibly difficult living in another country when your daughter's sitting in a Italian equivalent of the, G, of the GCSEs. He's missing his wife. Don't see her all the time. And, you know, let's face it, we'd all be, we'd all feel like that. And especially when you're perhaps in not the environment that you really want to be living in a hotel. I know they live the life of luxury, but it can't be that nice. And, he probably just wants to go home. He probably just wants to go home because he certainly don't need the money. So sit down. In my mind, what I would do is sit down with Conte, pay him off or pay him the rest of the, uh, his salary or something like that and, and get Potts back. That is what I'd do because I don't see any other way this club can move forward. We're going to be stuck in limbo if we don't do something. That's my opinion because if we, we get knocked out of the FA Cup and Champions League, then we're fighting for fourth. And would Conte be the best manager to do that? Some people say yes, some people say no. Personally, now now I know he's not signed a new contract. I think we should just say thank you very much, Antonio. We have some great memories. But, you know, go back to Italy and um, go back to your family and get somebody else in and start all over again. But we're going to have to do that anyway. Dean, Antonio Conte has said on a number of times that he is happy at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. What, what do you actually believe? Do you believe that he wants to carry on? beyond the summer at Spurs, or do you think that Spurs don't want him to be here any longer? I, th- I think that if all things were going well, then um, it's very it's very easy to just sort of carry on. And when the things are going badly, um, he, he's a, he's moody. You know, I, think, I don't think I'm insulting the guy to say he's moody. Um, he's incredibly up and down. He's like that on the touchline. And to be honest, a lot of elite football managers are like that. It takes a special sort of person to to get to that level. Um, Does he still want to be there? I think that if they were giving him what he wanted and the tools to succeed, as as Craig quite rightly said, then I think he'd be enthused that, that everyone was on the journey together. And what it's become very clear over the past few weeks is it doesn't feel like everyone involved is on this journey together. And look, I mean, I think that the Enoch Levy fight between fans, Levy and manager and setup and sporting director is is a very easy stick to beat the club with when you are the manager who's won title after title elsewhere. Well, it ain't me, is it? You know, that's that's basically what he's saying. He's, you know, he's lost a few games. They're not playing great football at the moment. He, we have had injuries, let's be honest. We've, we've lost key players for long periods of time where other clubs in similar positions in the table and those higher than us have, have not lost those players. But those, you know, he, he is a top-class manager. And if everyone's singing from the same sheet, the results are going well, then the manager goes, I'm great, it's all going well. And if it starts to go badly... Then, as I say, Levy Enoch is a very, very easy stick to beat Tottenham Hotspur with. And, you know, I I don't want him to go. I want them to give him the tools. I want them to prove that we can stick behind someone and invest and go for it going forwards. Because I really do believe that if, if we gave him three or four players in this January, which 
It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But if we gave him three or four of the ones he wants, I'm I'm very, very convinced that we'd finish above Newcastle and be back in the top four again. And let's forget Arsenal at the moment, because let's be honest, we all want to forget Arsenal at the moment. Um, but if it wasn't for them and we finished in the top four again and we've invested in new players and then all of a sudden you start the following season with back-to-back Champions League qualifications, a better squad, and then you go for a league, to, uh, you know, a real push at a league with a manager like Conte and investment, that is how you build. It's taken Arteta four years. It's taken Arteta four years and quite a lot of money. We've spent a lot of money as well, but we just haven't spent it in the right places. And I know this is going to be very unpopular, but that isn't Levy's fault. Levy has provided a lot of money on a lot of rubbish, but it's not his decision. It's his decision to sign the cheque, yes. But it's not his decision to say, this is a really good player and we should buy this player. You know, Ndombele, Lo Celso, Bergwijn, too much money on Sessegnon, Reggion, Doherty, Roden, Basuma, Royal, you know, Richarlison, jury's out, Jed Spence. I mean, that that is 300, 350 million pounds. That's before we get back to the Davinson Sanchez's of this world. So we have spent a lot of money. We've just spent it wrong. So now we've got a coach who knows what he's doing, knows how to spend money, knows how to deliver titles. Give it to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Crackers, let's come to you. Um, in the summer window, didn't it feel different to you as a Spurs fan, the fact that we were getting deals done early, uh, the fact that Antonio Conte has just, you know, just got us to the Champions League? We bought Benton Kerr and Kulusevski in, in January. Um, you know, he had a good window in the summer. I still felt that we were a couple of players short. But I always feel yeah. like that as a Spurs fan. Um, didn't it feel different to you in the summer that this was going to be different? Because I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a broken record. Keep saying Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Conte. You cannot go through these three fantastic managers and not be successful. Sure. No. Yeah, exactly. But... In the summer, we was in a bit of a different place, Chris. I think the relationship between Conte and the board was in a different place. Uh, we unearthed a couple of absolute gems as well. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> players like Undembele cost us 60 million. Um, you know, and, and we're persevering with him, we won't cut him loose, which is what Arsenal done with some of their players that they was having problems with. So cut him loose because if you buy Kulusevski um, and Bentoncourt for twenty million, you've unearthed two absolute weldies there that are worth so much more than that. So what you save there, just cut your losses with others that that aren't pulling any trees up. So obviously, you know, to, to be honest, Chris, I don't think there's too much wrong in some respects with Tottenham at the moment. Midfield, we look okay. Up front, uh, Son and Kane. Um, Sonny's just off form at the moment. He's not not terrible. He's just he's just a loss of form. It's probably he doesn't like playing under Conte. That's what I personally believe. At the back, we're a bit shocking, to be honest. But if you get two or three of the right players in at the back and and they're infused and they know what's wanted from them, I think we're back. I don't think we're a million miles off. The, the start of the season's proved that. It's just as things have absolutely deteriorated between Conte and the board and everything, that's that's permeated through to the squad. 
Honestly, I think if you could get in a couple, two or three right players, especially at the back, and um, you know a manager, because let's face it, Conte and Tottenham's finished. It's all over. This is this is only going one way. The, the board and the club won't take kindly to what Conte's doing at the moment. The moment they've got a chance to get rid of him, he'll be gone. They'll, they'll cut him loose. Bring in somebody that the players will be infused by and want to play for, and a couple of players, and we're back in amongst it. We are absolutely back in amongst it because, you know, we were 2-0 up at Man City away last week. That you know, that that's that's no mean feat. We like we we've done that. We've gone to Palace and won four nil, where Manu and others have only gone and got a draw. Newcastle got a draw there. Manu got a draw there. We've gone and won four nil. So when it's sort of kind of clicking and firing and people are feeling good about things, it's not that far off. It's not it's not as terrible terrible as we feel. We just need something, as I said, to hang our hat on. And some key positions filled with the with the right players, and then we're off and running again. I, I really, really do believe that. But yeah, in the summer, I think everything was different, and it's really nosedived since then in the relationship, and everything's just fallen apart between them. So, I, I think it's time to just get it done, get rid. Don't wait till the end of the season. We all know Pochettino will be the choice to come back, Chris. Because, yeah. you know, the, the people that run this club, they'll, they'll know it's a great PR move. They yeah. know that they're going to bring a lot of fans back on side. They know that's going to quell a lot of the Enoch out and Levy out movement as well. Because people will go, he's one of us, bring him back in. There'll be players that are happy. I think Sonny will be happy under him. Again, he don't look happy to be playing for Conte. Basuma will have a free free role. Um, long term, does that work? No, I don't think so because I think every manager, whoever we bring in, is just doomed to eventually fail unless this current board sell up or change their ways. But like I said earlier on social media, this club currently needs to get to hospital and have some major surgery. And right now, I think... Pochettino probably offers us the best equipped ambulance to get us to hospital. In like because we've got here and now to deal with. There's 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 bigger issues, but we have got a here and now to deal with. So uh, so let's see let's see what happens. We'll, we'll come on to it later, Crackers. But I completely agree with you. I think that Pochettino is going to probably be lined up to be our next manager. Uh, I would love to see Pochettino back one day, but not now. I feel like Antonio Conte needs to be backed, and. When I think of club decisions, um, you know, a lot of these club decisions are really frustrating me um, because we had Maurizio Pochettino there. He didn't spend a penny in the, the transfer market in 518 days, took us to a Champions League final, then was sacked a few months later because results weren't going our way. Uh, brought in Jose Mourinho. We sacked him six days before a final. Another decision that I don't agree with. We then waited 72 days for Nuno Espirito Santo to come in. Didn't work out with him. Now you bring in Antonio Conte. You know, full credit to the board for bringing in someone like Antonio Conte. You've got to back the man. You you know what he's all about. Um, and th this is what I don't understand. Why bring in Antonio Conte if you are not going to be really with him? And as Crackers alluded to earlier about Jed Spence, and this is also another subject I wanted to cover, 
why buy players in that are club signings when it's not the manager's signing? It's not the, the, the you know, a player that the manager wants. Craig, what have you made of these um, decisions over the years? And, and you know, surely a manager has to have 100% say in the players that are coming in. In my opinion, that should be the way it works, in my opinion. And he tells the director of football who to go and buy. Simple as that. And coming back to what Cracker said, I do agree to some extent about the team. I don't think with all the doom and gloom we're that far away. Imagine putting our, having our back three of Romero, Gradiol and Bastoni and getting in a new right wing back and having a doggy play. Now, you're not telling me that he's not possibly, on paper, one of the best back threes in world football. I'm sorry, it is. I know people are going to laugh at me. But if you go out and spend them, all right, Bastoni didn't want to come. I'm telling you, if you throw enough money at it, you will get those two players. And it's about the belief. Let me just, can I just not break off? I'd really like your three opinion. And all I want, I'm going to go... Chris Crackers and then Dean. All you've got to say is hit or miss. This is a list of transfers we've had in since 17, 18 season, right? So it's going to be very quick, I promise. I want to see straw poll of you three. All you've got to say is hit or miss. Chris first. Davidson Sanchez. Miss. Crackers. Miss. Dean. Huge miss. You don't even need to ask that question. No, I know, but I'm going to do it for the basis of <laughs> showing you who we've signed. Right? Lucas Mora. Uh, hit for one game. <laughs> oh, that's a hit. Crackers? <laughs> I don't think Lucas Mora knows if he's a hit or a miss. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if he's if he knows he's a footballer, to be honest. He's the modern-day Ricky Villa. He's, some, he's one game hit and the biggest hit ever, and then five games miss. And then he's a hit, and then he's a miss. So yep. you can't have that in football. So you have to call him as a miss. Okay. Dean? I'm going for 12 million quid, and for that night, I'm going hit. Okay, well, that's 2v1. Sorry, Dean. But I would have said, I would have said hit myself for that night in Amsterdam. Aurier. Miss. 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 Lorente. Um, I like Lorente. I thought he was fairly decent, and I, I would have kept him for another season. He. he, he he cut he, interestingly, he came in when we didn't have a striker for so long. So I would say hit. Hit for me, he was the modern day Mark Falco. When he got called upon, <laughs> he gave you everything. He was a hit, given a chance. I, I'm, I'm going to say hit just about because when you're understudy to Kane, you've got to bring yeah. someone in, and he was all right at the time. I agree. Uh, one fourth. I think I know where this is going. Miss. Miss could have been a hit. M missed opportunity. Miss. Okay. Gazaniga. Miss. Miss. Carry on. <laughs> uh, I won't talk about the 18-19 season because, as Chris has alluded to, I'm sure everybody knows we didn't sign anyone. 1920, uh, Ndombele. Miss. Miss. What a fall. His own yeah. fault, by the way, not the club's. His own. Absolutely, Absolute you, can't, miss. you can't you can't play midfield in the Premier League if you don't run. Miss Craig, uh, let me uh, just interject yeah. there. I hate him for one reason, one reason only. I've seen so many kids want to become footballers and have the attitude, but not good enough. And there's a man with absolute talent, abundance, and just absolutely thrown it up the wall. I, I, I really, really hate him for that. And uh, 
could be such a hit and is an absolute miss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Bergvine. Miss. Hit. Leicester. <laughs> one one game again. He's gone back <laughs> one <million> up. <laughs> no, miss. My- He's he's one of my he's one of my soft spots as a as a guy that we should mm. have given more attention to. I actually think he was a hit signing and another missed opportunity because I think we we should have played him earlier when Son was out of form. We should have played him in a position that he was good at, and and he's going somewhere else and scoring goals. Okay, yeah. Sessignon, uh, miss potential hit currently miss. Love, lovely lad, but miss for me. Okay, Lo Celso. I think I know what everybody's going to say. Miss. See, I referred a gent, right honourable gentleman, to my previous answer on Undembele. <laughs> miss. Okay, okay. I'm not going to. I'm going to mention these two just to, so I've gone through them all. But I think they're going to be misses Jack Clark and Jedson Fernandez. So oh, I think they're both. <laughs> this, is, this is this is my point. Jetson Fernandez, when we should have brought in uh, Bruno Fernandez, that is a typical transfer of Tottenham, which really disappoints me. That we aim really high, and you know probably the officers in recruitment say this is the player that we should be signing, and then it's dismissed, and then we end up signing mm. Jetson Fernandez, one of the worst signings I've ever seen at Tottenham. Absolutely, um, Sergio Regulon. Um, miss round peg in a square hole. Miss just never, never suited for uh, for, for the Premier League. Yeah, a miss and unfortunate because Conte is just not a Conte wing back. Mm-hmm. Doherty, <laughs> miss. We've still got a right back issue. I'm going hit with Doherty. I like him. I like his attitude, and I think there's something in there as a player. Hit for me. You're, you're just lining him up to the next Legends night, isn't you? <laughs> <laughs> too, 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 too soft for me, miss. Okay. Hoybier, I think I know, but Hoybier. Hit. Been great this season. Craig, miss for me. Great attitude, okay. limited. So, okay. yeah, got it. Got, got the attitude, unbelievable. The ability, miss. Okay. It's, 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 a hit, it's a hit for me. Um, I think he's come back really hard. Um, lack of confidence from the World Cup. I think he had a bad time. But pre-World Cup, Benton Kohoiberg was, was quality. Mm-hmm. Um, Roden. Miss, definitely. Miss, tell your brother to shut up. You know, spot how any scout can scout him for a top six Premier League club. I have no idea. The boy can't defend and he plays at the back. Miss. Okay. Carlos Vinicius. Miss. That's a game we should have been signing a much better striker. Miss. We've got to be careful here. He's going to play tomorrow night, haven't we? But miss. Oh, yeah. Hit. Oh, he's a hit. Absolute hit. He's a worldie. Joe, Joe Hart. Um, he was okay. He, he he done a job in the cup games for us, so hit, I suppose. But he was never going to be number one, was he? No. Yeah, hit 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 when he was called upon. 
Yeah, and he and he, he's a real, real popular guy with the young lads in the dressing room as well. Really good on the training ground. Hit. Yeah. Uh, Bale, the loan of Bale. Yeah, hit. He, he provided us with the goals. Just wasn't given a, enough opportunity under Jose. Um, just hit, hit all day long, twice on a Sunday. Yeah. Can't do a thing wrong for me. Hit. Yeah. Uh, Brian Gill. Uh, for how much money he's cost, and plus Eric Lamella going the other way, I think that I would probably prefer Eric Lamella in the squad. And I wasn't Eric Lamella's biggest fan. So at the moment, I would say miss, but I think there is potential. Which one of my two daughters do you wish to marry, Brian Hill? Hit. There, there's <laughs> a player. There's, there's definitely a player there, but it's jury out. Okay. Okay, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know which way this next one's going to go, but Emerson Royale. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Don't even go there. <laughs> okay. Do I need to ask crackers or? <laughs> we've all seen we've we've all seen Bambi when 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 the poor little deer goes onto the ice, doesn't ya? It's Bambi on ice, miss, okay. awful. Yeah. Worse than Oria. Okay, I thought that was going to be okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take it as read that you're going to both, or all three of you are going to say Bentenker and Kulashevsky are hits. I think that's fair to yeah, say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's them two. Uh, Pat Sar. Uh, hit, lots of potential. I think he's going to be a, a great player for us in the future. Oh, massive hit. Massive, massive hit. Doing that after a couple of games at that age. Carry on with that trajectory. Hit. Massive hit. New Vieira. You heard yeah, it here huge, first. Yeah, huge, huge hit. Um, really unfair to put him in the North London derby, though. But big hit. Yeah. But unusual because he wouldn't have got in that team had we not been for injuries. And we probably would have said miss, wouldn't we? So, but I, I do agree. Galini. Uh Miss. Um, I ever remember him just getting the ball out of the net. So, it's got to be a miss. Who? <laughs> miss. Yeah, miss. Okay. Uh, Christian Romero, I think I'll take as read that he's a hit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm, I wouldn't know, Chris. Uh, Craig, sorry. I'm not. No? I'm not sure. No, I'm. 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 I'm really, really not sure about Romero at the moment. To be honest. Okay. Uh, he needs okay. a little bit more composure. Uh, he's he's a he's a few red cards waiting to happen. Uh, he needs to calm mm -hmm. down. He's good enough, but he's just, he's too much of a knothead for me at the moment. He walks a line. So, okay. but the mad thing is, when he gets a yellow card, he plays even better. So, he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. He's, he does. He, he, yeah, he's a funny. He's been, his biggest mistake so far for me was missing Xhaka. I would have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we, then we come on obviously to this season. Difficult some of these because they haven't played much. But Richarlison, do you hit? Um, I hope so. I hope he's going to be a hit. Um, I was really yeah. excited when we signed Richarlison because I feel that he's going to give us so much more. But um, we haven't seen it as yet. Hit. Okay. Hit, hit, yeah, hit. Hit, 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 hit for me. He, when we when he played in those Champions League games early season. 
there was a different bite to us. There was a different go to us. He's a Conte sort of player. And uh, at the moment, we've got to drop Son and play Richarlison up front and Kulishevsky 10. He's a hit for me. OK. Bissouma? Um, a miss at the moment. Uh, expected so much more from him. Hopefully, we're going to see it in the near future. Once he's out of his uh, Conte-created uh, cage, hit. He's a player, but he's had his wings clipped. So, miss at the moment will be a hit. I'm not sure we signed him. I think we might have signed his brother. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, it's, 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 a, it's a miss for me. If you pick, if you pick the start in eleven at the moment, it doesn't include him, and that's a lot of money for someone that is gonna is gonna be on the bench. Okay, Spence. I, I think I'm presuming we can say miss because we haven't seen him enough. But you know, we all we all hope he's gonna be a hit. But yeah, of course we haven't seen him enough. No. I also um, think that he's become a little bit of a stick to to beat Conte with as well. From both, you know, from that side, I think that yeah. if we when we signed Sessignon because of the way we were set up and the way we were playing, and we had a player in that position, it wasn't this boy's got to go straight in the team. Now we've bought basically a younger version who has as much potential under nineteen, under twenty, under twenty one player, and everyone's expecting him just to go in. He played in the Championship last year. I don't think Conte's wrong to, to manage him carefully. I just think that he needs a chance, but he, he's not he's not the answer, let's be let's be honest. Perisic. I like Perisic. He's provided a number of assists, and as Antonio Conte said, he's had uh, injury problems since the summer, and I think we're going to see more and more of him. So I'm going to go for hit. He's a hit. The cheese grater is a hit. Yeah, hit hit for me. He had a he had a bad night at City, didn't he? But that, there's not been yeah. many. Uh, this next one's difficult because we haven't seen much of him. But Forster, do we think he's a hit when he's been called? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's a, a decent backup goalkeeper. And in my opinion, I would have actually put him in for the Manchester City game. I'd actually put him in for Fulham on Monday night. Mm. So hit. Hit for me needs to play the rest of the season. If Hugo Lloris was my dog, I'd be telling the kids he's gone to live on a farm. Put Forster in. I I I wouldn't have quite put it like that, but I agree. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that um, what, if you we can include in all these misses, we can include the Lloris new contract. Probably one of the biggest misses of them all. Yeah, and the last one, Longley. Uh, miss. Miss too many mistakes. No, I like him in a back three. Um, I'm going to say miss uh, a hit. Sorry, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a miss yet. I think he's been let down by a couple of people around him. Okay, so that. that thank you very much for your opinion, uh, everybody. Um, so that's 32 players, and the straw poll amongst us has given the exact same number of hits as my 11-year-old son gave me, and that is 11. So we're saying. Out of 32 players Spurs have bought since 2017, only 11 have been hit players. They've spent, since 2017, £648 million on players. They've reaped back £258 million from player sales with a net spend of £389 million. So call it £390 million. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What have they got for that money? They've got 11 decent players, according to us, out of the 32. And when you look at the names of people we've let go, some of these are good, some of these are bad. I'll just rattle them off. Carl Walker, Kevin Bimmer, Bentaleb, G, Fazio, Jansen, Dembele, Nkudu, Eriksson, Trippier, Lorente, um, Clark, Vaughan, Walker-Peters, Vertonghen, Foyth, Alderweireld, Sissoko, Hart, Ali, Rose, Lamella, Bergwijn and Dombele, Lacelso, Winks, Roden, Regulon, even though the last were on loan. So that kind of gives you an idea on the recruitment. I know it's just us four going through it. Mm. But we're saying out of 32 players, only 11 of them have been any good and brought some into the squad. Is that good enough? Is but that in, good enough? Within that, Craig, there is a million and one variables that you can add into the mix. The players yeah. that want to go, um, the system that they're playing in, the other people around them settling in a foreign country, uh, the Premier League versus La Liga, and la, 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 la. There's a, there's a million and one things. Uh, you know, not every player that's great is carries on being great. Uh, you, you take somebody even like Deli Ali. Deli Ali's got nobody to blame but himself. No, nobody, nobody at all. Absolutely. He should, he should be absolutely kingpin in our midfield at the moment, throwing it all away. So, you know, a lot of this isn't really on the club totally. Um, Alex Ferguson bought Jemba Jemba. Uh, Wenger bought Stepanoffs. Somebody turned down signing... Well, three, three managers turned down signing the Beatles. There's just a million and one variables with managing and where people go at the right time. Kane, for example. Kane came in because we were bereft of a striker, took his opportunity... And we got the cane of today. If that injury never happened, sliding doors moments in football, it might have been that he never quite got his chance and off he went. We nearly sold Bell to Birmingham City. You know, there's there's just so many variables within that. It, it's it's just one of those impossible things to say which way someone's going to go and if they're going that way forever. Do, do you know the sad thing is, though, half those names, Craig, that you reeled off there, They've left Spurs and gone on to win trophies. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, but, and again, but again, Chris, some of those have gone to leagues where I could probably come runner up in in half in, in after those competitions. So, trophy you know, is a trophy. Yeah, a trophy is a trophy. Yeah, you know. Audi Cup, Audi Cup. I won once a trophy of being the best-looking man on a stag do in Newcastle. So, you know, not every trophy's a win, is it, really, to be honest? 
Um, before we talk about um, Fabio Prasci, um, let's just take a comment here from Gavin. Um, Conte is not the man for a rebuild with our type of board. We need to go back to what worked and slowly rebuild again um, by young, talented players with potential. Bring in Thomas Frank if we can. Um, Dean, who do you think will be the next Spurs manager if Antonio Conte leaves tomorrow, next week or even in the summer? What do you think, uh, what path do you think Spurs will go down? Will it be, as Crackers said, will Ryan Mason come back in? Will they go down the route of uh, pleasing the majority of the fan base in bringing Maurizio Pochettino back? Because let's face it, a lot of people didn't want him sacked in the first place. Or will they go uh, down the ambitious route like they did with Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte by bringing in a winner, someone like Thomas Tuchel, who keeps being linked to Tottenham now? Well, Tuchel, Tuchel will want the job. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Tuchel wants back in England. Um, his visa was up. You know, he needed a job to stay. He loves London. His family love London. Um, he wants another big job. He wants to prove he can do it somewhere else. So that 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 is available. No, no, no question. Unless somebody picks him off in the meantime, there's no no question he would take it. Um, but I I think it'll be Poch. Um, I, I I can't I can't see. Levy going down any other route now. He he went down the route of let's walk into Jose Mourinho, let's just pick off a cup because that's what Jose does, didn't work. Let's go for someone who is cheap, who could probably build a little bit, was absolutely woeful. And then, right, okay. First fan to disagree at that point that Tuchel, uh, that P P Conte sorry, was the best manager available at that point. He absolutely was. He will go back to Poch, I think, as much as anything, because less, I, th I, think, I don't think this is too harsh on Poch. Don't get me wrong, loved him to bits. Was the, the way that we changed the way we played was fantastic. But he did, he did pump Levy's message quite a lot. He... he he agreed with what Levy wanted him to agree with. They were good mates. They, you know, they holidayed in Argentina, if you read the book, you know, and they went to his holiday house. And they, when, it, when the tension started to, to nibble away, it was because Poch was starting to give this, you know, PR machine some, some legs from outside. And, and that's what Conte's doing now. That's what Jose did before. But I think that if they've made up, and they've they're still mates, and they still chat, and and Poch agrees he has to stay in line and do everything that is required. I, I don't see any any reason why he wouldn't. But I think he was a bit of a yes man for Levy at times, and it went very very well for a, you know a, a significant period of time. But I can't believe I'm saying this, but as we were a terrible referees decision in the Champions League final away from doing something really special, but. He, he didn't get us across the line. He didn't. He didn't get us there. And you know, was was that because again Levy didn't back him, or was that because Potts chose the wrong players? Because we don't hear from Levy, we don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I, I, to answer your question, I'm speaking. I'm rambling now. But to answer your question, it, I think it will be Potts. Crackers, do you think people will want Potts back because they know that he plays super entertaining football that we that we all love to watch? Wow, what a! I do, I Chris, I don't know how to feel about Poch coming back. I'll be angry. I can't believe we're talking about it. Well, 
I'll be so angry that Conte hasn't worked. What I want, it's almost like a pecking order. I want Conte to work. That's what I want. That's what I really want. I want Conte to work. But Conte can't work with this board and the way they currently operate the budget and the club. So, so So that's gone. I don't think they're for changing. I don't think Conte's for changing. He's the right manager at the wrong club. So he needs to go. Simple as that. It's just a relationship. They're oil and water. Um, the club's now going to go back to Pochettino. A hundred percent that they'll go back because it's a populist move. Um, I don't, Chris, I honestly don't think any manager works currently without a club's run, whoever it is. You could well, have 10. I, I, I was going to ask that because if you're Maurizio Pochettino now, mm. if you were offered the job next week, how would you be feeling if you were him thinking, well, actually, they didn't give me any money in 518 days to, to spend. Then I took the club to a Champions League final, which I doubt mm. any manager will ever do in our lifetime, all of us, you know, not spending money in so long, taking a club to the Champions League final, and then just a couple of months later, sacking him. Mm-hmm. Surely, you know, and in my opinion, I think that he had more than enough credit in the bank, you know, over the course of those years, taking us to Champions League football, season in, season out, having such entertaining football, uh, spending that time away at Wembley Stadium. When you take into account all of those things, mm-hmm. if you're him, what would you be thinking? You know, what's going to be different? There's, see, living in Spain is giving me a little bit of an insight into that uh, almost the, the the mindset of people from that have a, a Hispanic background, if you like. And the thing with um, with Pochettino is, even if he doesn't like the board, this club is now in his blood. It is absolutely in this in, in his blood because. Enoch aren't Tottenham. They might run it, but they're not Tottenham. Tottenham itself is something completely different. It's the feel around the club. It's the fans. It's, you know, that's something you can't quite put your finger on. And I know for a fact, 100%, that Pochettino absolutely loves Tottenham. He sees a lot of Espanol um, that he loved as well in Tottenham and vice versa. So, you know, he, he's one of these people. I think he'd come back. Chris, if you got asked tomorrow to go and do something for, for Tottenham um, that would help Tottenham, you'd go and do it, wouldn't you? Even if that meant swallowing your pride and not doing something that kind of helped Enoch as well, you'd go, yeah, go on, I'll do that because it's Tottenham, because they're in my blood and because I love them. And I think that's what you've got with Pochettino. So even if he knows it's going to be very, very difficult and ultimately it will lead to a failure with this current board, he'll still come and do it. Glenn Oddle's the same. Glenn's told me on stage before at Legends Nights, even though everything that's gone on, you know, and the difficulties he had when he was manager, if they called him and said, would you come back and manage this club? Glenn's told me I would walk over broken glass to come back and manage Tottenham. Yeah. Once, once, once you're in, it's the Hotel California, Chris. Once you're in, you're in. And I think yeah. Pochettino's exactly the same. He'll, he'll come yeah. back. He will 100% come back. Because not for them, for us. 
that that's yeah. how he feels. Now, there's a comment here uh, from Majestic. Um, Levy offered Brighton £12 million for one of their best players. £12 million buys you, buys you uh, Eunice Kabul in 2007. Today, Trotter <laughs> was involved in Arsenal's equaliser. Now, interestingly... Saturday, um, Trossard's agent came out and said that Spurs were in contact with us in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it was, uh, we want him, but wait, wait. Uh, Wednesday, we got in touch with Arsenal. 24 hours later, an agreement was in place. Craig, when you got someone like Fabio Prasci at the club, um, you know, a real football man, did you think or do you think things should be different? Yeah. And I expected this window to be similar to the summer one where they've had four months to line up players and they were going to go early because, you know, we haven't been playing particularly well, realised we needed certain players in certain positions that have had their targets. Why have they not gone for them early if they know the players that they want? Um, so it is surprising to me why, why we haven't done business already. I don't quite understand it unless... There's uncertainty with Conte and he's been told to sort of hold fire on certain things or whether obviously they've known about this thing with Paratici and this this banning thing that he's had in Italy and could it stretch to, to Tottenham as well? Could that be influencing it? It shouldn't do. It shouldn't do because he'd presumably have a team of people underneath him who, who can do the jobs as well and get the transfers done. It's not just him. So... It surprises me that we've that we're dealing dallying. What are we now? Is it what's the date today? Twenty first, is it? Something like that. And we have nine days left. No, twenty second. Right. So, so, but yeah, Trossard is a prime example. I mean, how I personally feel about Trossard, I think he would have been a good squad player, good addition. But I don't, I'm not sure he would have walked straight into the first team. Um, but definitely a good squad player. Um, did they just not want him? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps he was an option, one of those ones that, you you know, if we can't get our number one target, we go for him. But you haven't heard anything, and usually you'd see it on Twitter or through, you know, trusted reporters that we've got other names going for for forward players. I haven't seen too many, to be honest with you, apart from Zaniola, and that one looks like it's going south as well. So it is strange in answer to your question that Paratici isn't, isn't firing all cylinders, shall we say, but... Uh, you know, perhaps there's extenuating circumstances um, that we weren't aware about that we kind of now. So I just don't know, Chris, but I would have expected us to make at least one signing by now, definitely. We'll come on to talk about um, Fabio in a couple of seconds. Um, Dean, let's come to you. Um, now, Fabrizio Romano stated earlier that Tottenham remain in talks with Roma over a move for Nicolo Zaniolo on a loan basis with the option to buy. Roma only want a permanent transfer worth 35 to 40 million euros. Spurs are prepared to offer a player in exchange. Uh, and the record of stating that Spurs are set to make one final attempt to sign Pedro Porro. Uh, they don't want to uh, pay the release clause and they've offered a player plus money either Brian Hill, Tanganga or Emerson Royale. What have you made of Tottenham's, I was going to say Tottenham's business in the transfer window? We haven't done any business, but this, the, the, these so-called dealings, um, how confident are you that some of these deals will get over the line by the end of the window? Um, and surely, if there's all these reports coming out stating that Antonio Conte is leaving, they're not even his signings. This this is the this is the problem, and this is you know this is kind of the point I made at the, at the beginning. I I think Craig's absolutely spot on about Trossard. I think he's a very good player. 
Um, and it was, I think it was a little bit opportunistic from Spurs. I think that, you know, that Trossard was, you know, not, not behaving in training. He wasn't doing what Deserve he wanted. He was agitating over a move. His contract was nearly up. It was kind of like, you know, it, I think Tottenham, Conte wants another attacking player um, to add to the squad depth because with the injuries to Kulicevsky, um and Bentoncourt um, and others, we were, we were a bit light in those attacking areas. So um, it was just a bit opportunistic, but they weren't willing to pay 25, 30 million pounds for him. And I actually don't disagree with that. I, 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 it could have been one that if Conte goes in six months' time, we've got another player who doesn't fit in a system that we end up having to ditch out elsewhere. Um, on the point about um, about the signings, I, I do think we'll they are working very hard to do the Porro deal. Um, there was um, there was quite a, a feeling um, at Lisbon that Porro would stay until after the cup semi final, and they played Benfica in the league, um, and he wanted to focus on that. Um, I, I I just what what frustrates me is the speed. It's not always the players that come or don't come. It's this long, drawn-out process of going, we've got to go and get a player we want. And let's be honest, I think that Conte signs a new contract, commits his future, which has an impact on Harry Kane as well, um, if you sign Porro, Vardiol and Madison in the next 10 days. And if they did that and they dropped £100 million on those three, then we would all go, come on, let's do it. Top four again, end of the season. Let's try and pick off the FA Cup and see how far we can go in the Champions League. Because under Conte, with three players in those key positions, I actually think they could do it. Benton fit, Kulachevsky fit. We look a completely different outfit in the last seven days. Or like Man City, a different kettle of fish. But as soon as those two are back in the team, who were Paratici and Conte signings, and you know, and then you've, you've got Romero back fit, Hoiberg with Bentoncourt is a completely different animal. Um, and get Perisic back fit, Porro the other side, Gvardio in the back three. I, I think all of a sudden we look quite optimistic. But it's just infuriating how long it takes them. You know, they, they want these players. That we, Bastoni was definitely on a target that was wanted. Took too long, allowed him to enter to manipulate things and, and change things. Gvardiol was not on anybody else's radar, really, apart from Tottenham's. And then all of a sudden, everyone's bidding for him. Chelsea, your ears are pricked up. Gvardiol's uh, price has gone up massively. Porro, we know we need a right wing back. He Even if Poch came in in two weeks' time and we went back to a back four, Porro's still the right back. So it doesn't matter. Just buy him. Just go and get him. It just takes too long. And it is, it's ridiculous. And they end up paying, in my opinion, they end up what used to be Levy picking off bargains and doing things, those exciting transfers late in the window because he thought he was going to get a bargain. Now I think we're paying too much for players because they just go, oh, it's Tottenham, minute. We'll just drag it out. And eventually they'll pay what, pay what we want. Dean, when you say Spurs are working hard to get the Pedro Porro deal done, um, to me, and, and, and I put out these daily episodes of Tottenham News going through all of the rumours and reports every day, and the most common thing, the most common comment from all of the viewers is, well, they know the, the release clause, go and pay the money. What, what, what is the issue here? Now, you know, there are 11 million euros adrift in, in terms of offering money when they know what the price is. The manager of Sporting has come out and said, you know, do the release clause and, and, and you've got your player. It's as simple as that. And now they're going back uh, trying to offer Brian Hill, Tanganga or Emerson Royale. So if there is, you know, if Spurs are miles apart on this deal all of the time, do you think it's going to go right to the wire 
right on the 31st of January because, in my opinion, I think that deals need to be done earlier. You know, we've played Manchester City, we've played Arsenal. We need players for these games, these key games, to get us in a European spot. Absolutely. And and they are just trying to, to, to haggle on the deal. And I think, absolutely, from what I've heard, they're trying to offload a player as well because there's a wages thing as well. And, you know, we, we I can't remember which one of you said it, but you were absolutely spot on 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 that we've got to offload some of the rubbish that we've brought in before. Um, so, if you know, if there's an opportunity to get a player out the door at the same time you bring one in, especially if it's in a similar position, then, you know, then that's that's an opportunity to be had. I, look, I'm, I'm not defending them in the slightest. I, they do want him. He, by all accounts, does want to come. Um, there's this Manchester City thing as well, which, which complicates the issue because uh, he... You know, Manchester City will probably get somewhere between seven and nine million out of the deal if Tottenham pay the full whack. So I would imagine there's a little bit of hijinks going on with all that sort of stuff as well. Um, so, so yeah, look, I'm not making excuses for him. They just go out, pay the money for him. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think this is a, a dead deal. I think that it, it could be a done deal eventually. But, um, but it's Tottenham. So again, I think Crackers said earlier, who bloody hell knows. <laughs> I tell you what, I wonder what someone like Jed Spence thinks about all of these links to to Pedro Porro and Spurs actually talking to the player, talking to the club. He must feel that his future is pretty bleak um, at the club. Um, Crackers, um, what have you made of uh, these links? Because if Spurs did suddenly go and sign Pedro Porro and Nicolo Zaniolo, would you be happy as a fan? Is that enough in this window for you? No, I That's think it needs to way. be... A little bit, a little bit more than that, to be honest. And you know, you've got you've got to think of the players in this. So Pedro Porra's got a release clause of what forty five million, is it? Am I correct there? Forty five million euros, and the club's haggling and haggling and haggling. You know, if you're Pedro Porro and the club co- comes in and goes, right, there's your forty five million. That's who we want. He's going to walk into the club feeling ten foot tall. If you're offering thirty million and a bag of balls and a couple of signed shirts, they're going to go. Well, maybe this club doesn't quite fancy me as much as I, I thought, you know. So there's a big psychology thing that goes on with all this. But ultimately, just buy players that will work with any manager, you know. If there's this thing of don't want to buy in because he might not be able to work with Conte, buy the right players. Somebody like take Kane. Does it matter who's managing the club? He's going to go and give you a game of football, isn't he? Kulazewski, Benton Kur. They they walk into anybody's team and anybody's system, really. So we've we've got the money. Just go and buy players that are footballers. They'll they'll work with whatever manager is or isn't coming in. So you know it's. It just, I think they need to get maybe three or four over the line in these last 10 days. Can they do that? They absolutely can if they just go in and offer the right money. And the money's there, Chris. That's the thing. The money is there. They might have to do a little bit of clever accountancy, offer eight-year deals, whatever it is. Just get it done. Um, but, you know... This club, this board, I shouldn't, I, I always try and separate the board from the club. They're two different entities. This board just won't do that. And they have got, they've got the scope to do it. 
So buy those players that just suit Tottenham. The ma- whatever manager comes in, they can work with them because they're good enough quality and just get it done. Just the goalkeeper, we need a goalkeeper. Loris, he's finished. Like, he, I'm sorry, he's finished. Football's a hard, cruel game and he's making too many mistakes. Go out, get the keeper that, that you want or need that improves us. Um, Ramsdale today, he's kept Arsenal in that today with a fantastic save where they would yeah. have probably gone three two up. They would have gone three two up, and instead, Arsenal win three two. So yeah. go and get a keeper. Keepers work with anyone. Defenders, they pretty much work with anyone, pretty much in any system, especially centre backs. They're just centre backs. Wing backs a little bit different. Just go and buy the quality that we need, and then whoever comes in and manages, then they'll work with them. They will work with them. So. They've just got to go and get it done in these last 10 days or so. Well, there's a comment here stating that um, Levy, he plays games of transfers now, Zaniolo has five clubs chasing him. Zaniolo himself has come out and said he wants to play for Tottenham. Um, Now, there has been reports stating that AC Milan are tracking Zaniolo and uh, Real Madrid hope to sign Pedro Poro in the summer. Now, this is the problem, isn't it? When, you, when you, you're when you stalling on deals that other clubs can just nip in, like Arsenal did with Trossard just within 24 hours. Um, Craig, let's come on to talk about Fabio Prasci because, of course, on Friday night, um, reports out in Italy, uh, he received a 30-month ban. It's understood at this stage that it is just in Italy, but the Italian Football Association have requested the ban uh, should be global. Section F of the Premier League handbook states that a person can be disqualified as a director if they are subject to a suspension or ban. What do you think that this means for Fabio Prasci's future at Spurs? Um, well, I'm not sure he's a director as listed on Company's House, is he? I think there's only four or five. No, there's it, four or five. There's it, Daniel Lee, John McCullen. Yeah, there's five listed on Company's House, but there's seven directors listed in the Premier League. So it depends which way that works. I'm, I'm not qualified to even answer that. But, I mean, is it, is it a Normally, case that... Normally, Craig, the, the law of the land will always usurp the law of FIFA. Hence, Chelsea signing players for eight-year contracts. Then the FIFA, UEFA rules don't apply. So it's, it's always the law of the land that takes takes priority. So if he's not a director at company's house... As far as FIFA's concerned, I would think you'd probably ask, probably ask, probably have to ask somebody a little bit more qualified for this. I don't know if he would actually be deemed a director. Yeah, so he's an employee. He's not on the board as such. So presumably he could carry on, couldn't he? But I mean, that I have to say that 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 lad um, Mudrick, I was having the one Chelsea bought and that have signed for eight years. I mean, already he looks like a player. So, you know, I don't know if he was on our radar, but it looks like uh, he's going to be a, a really good player. But, I mean, what, why do, why do um, uh, football clubs sign players and, and, and spread the cash over so many years? It's so they can get around FIFA fair play, isn't it? So they have to, you know, they're paying 20 million every, every season rather than the 80 million up front or whatever it was. So... There's clever ways and means of doing that. And is that something that Prattigy's been accused of bending? I don't know. I, I, I don't really know the ins and outs of it. Um, 
can he work for Tottenham? I think he still can, as long as, as Cracker said, if it's within the laws of the land. If it, Let's face it, look, if he's not allowed to, he's not going to be allowed to, and his position's untenable. Some would say it's untenable anyway, because he's been dishonest. Do you want somebody like that working at your club? But, you know, it, and he, is he the one, ultimately, that he's making the transfer decisions? I'm not sticking up for Daniel Levy at all. Does Levy have to rubber stamp everything? Is that how it works at Tottenham? Does he have to sign the cheque in the end? Or do, has Paratici got carte blanche to do what he wants to do? Because everybody's blaming Levy. And I do, he's not letting Levy off the hook by any stretch. But is this all Levy's fault? Is it Paratici's fault? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Dean, do you know any more information about this? Um, because apparently the, the ban at the moment is just in Italy and Spurs are waiting uh, for notification from either FIFA or UEFA whether uh, he will be banned in English football. Yeah, as I understand it, I think the guys have, have, have got it right. As I understand it, he's non non-executive director. Um, if you were dealing with it in um, somewhere outside of football, it's like an advisory role that he's paid for. He's he's contracted to the club for this job that he does. So it, but it, so it, it's not um, it's not a ban um, as such um, in England yet yet. Um, but I, I tend to agree with um, with the last point there from, from Craig. I think that there's some big question marks whether he should be working for us anymore. You know, and and uh, you know we, we've got some hits and some misses to play our game earlier from the transfers that he's he's overseen so far. Um, and you know it's all very impressive when he walks around with his two phones at the stadium and everyone thinks he's doing another deal and blah blah blah. But I, I, it doesn't sit well with me when what's gone on in Serie A. Not for the first time, and um, and he he's part of it, and he's proven to have been part on it. Part of it, it, it doesn't doesn't sit well with me at all. And I I do wonder. Um, I didn't say this earlier on because I knew you were coming to parity afterwards, but I do wonder if that's got something to do with the Conte issues as well. I feel like it's all wrapped up in in the same thing. Not that Conte's done anything wrong. I should hasten to add, but I mean that you know the guys work closely together. They they've all been part on, of the same group and. I, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. You know, there's 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 dishonesty on the football field when you throw yourself to the ground or time waste and there's dishonesty that's off the field and business and money changing hands and doesn't sit well with me at all. Crackers, how do you feel about Fabio um, working at the club with, with all of these issues around him? Well, I'll walk around with two phones, Chris, but that's just to knock up some legends nights for 150 people to turn <laughs> up in a... In, in British legions and uh, and hotel uh, hotels and golf clubs. So uh, look, the rules don't matter. Let, let's be honest. The rules really, really don't matter. If you want to find a way around them, you find a way around them. It's as simple as that. The, these rules are put down, but money just buys you out of them. It, it really does. So, I mean, you just employ Paratici as the minibus driver for the youth team or something and then you know he comes into the office hands the keys back into Daniel and says finish with a minibus today by the way let me tell you about this player I'm not telling you as an employee I've seen this player and he's really quite good how do you how do you apply the laws and the rules to that if he just it just says something that he's seen this player that he quite like. So the rule the laws and that are, are an absolute nonsense. Um the morality of him working at the club, 
I think, again, that depends how important you are to the club. Because, you know, Arsenal have got some, uh, have got some employees that you think to yourself maybe shouldn't be there. Ourselves have got an employee or two that have had misdemeanours in the past where you think to yourself, mm, is it really right that the club keep them on? If they're important enough, you get away with it. Depending on how important you are to a club is how much you can get away with. So the, the rules are a nonsense. They're a nonsense on stilts, as Christine Hamilton once said. They, they really are. So, listen, if he's finding you gems and you're paying like Tuppence Apeney for them, you'll, you'll be employed. If you're not finding those gems and you're paying Tuppence Apeney for them, then the rules apply. And that's just football. That's just modern day football, Chris. What have you made of his uh, his work so far at the club, though, Crackers? Oh, I think he's done he's done brilliantly to find even just Kulazewski and Bentoncourt for the money we've paid for them. Uh, Brian Hill's come in. I've, I've, he's sound, isn't he? He's absolutely sound. He's found he's found us some gems. So these are good players for the future. So he's well worth keeping hold of. And um, let's just hope he's got his bus driver's license for when he's employed as the, uh, as, as the new coach driver. He's going to need one of those white shirts, short sleeve shirts with the epaulets and his tie and a pair of slacks and some driver's shoes. I mean, we've got to get him some new, like, new kit to wear when he becomes our coach driver. But just happens to... Uh, Advised the club that he's seen a player that he quite likes, but that's not that's not what he's employed for. He's a coach driver, so uh, uh, yeah, he, he he's he's found he's found some gems for us. He knows his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny actually how Dean mentioned about him having the two phones because uh, call me sad, but whenever I go to the games, certainly in a January transfer window, I'm always looking out for Fabio to see if he's on the phone. And the whole of January, every single time I've seen him, he has not been on the phone, uh, which, of course, we've got no deals done so far. But it, it just seems really strange, this window, because previous windows, you know, people used to joke about it and people used to upload pictures and videos of him constantly on the phone. But no phone action uh, when I've seen him. And, and now I've said that I'll go to Fulham tomorrow and he'll be on the phone constantly, hopefully. Um, let's go through some perhaps, comments. Perhaps he's run out of his pay-as-you-go minutes. Perhaps, perhaps. Daniel was paying his uh, contract. <laughs> And uh, Daniel said, no, no, no more. Uh, I'm currently on uh, com, and I'm looking for a new contract for you. And currently you're on 10 pence a minute. So don't use the phone too much. <laughs> um, or, or he's completely candy crushed. One of the two. Yeah. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, Faz writes here, if we miss out on Champions League, are we better to be out of Europe? What's your opinion on that? Europa League or Europa Conference League? Oh, well, I think it's still worth being in the Europa League. Whether it's worth being in the Conference League, I've got probably your own opinions on it. I mean, it's not going to really draw in uh, big-name players, is it? That, that are going to, they're not going to want to play in the Conference League. I could take the Conference League or you know, take it or leave it. I think the Europa League's probably still worth being in, to be honest. Obviously, the... The aim is going to be the Champions League, but if the question is, as he's asked, if we're not going to be in it, yeah, I, I, I still think we should, you know, go for the Europa League. I'm sure you don't want to go to Pacos de Ferreira again, though, Chris. You know, no. places like that. It's 
you know, I think once we're all in it, we thought, okay, we'll give it a go. And then when you realise the calibre of the teams you're playing, and then, of course, we get knocked out anyway. So it didn't really matter. But, you know, I watched all the games, but my heart wasn't really in it. And it's not going to create a load of money for the club. So, yeah, it's kind of answering the question, but probably not answering it. I'd go for Europa, but not conference. Dean, Roy writes here, manager after manager after manager. Unfortunately, the unfortunate defining factor uh, is Daniel Levy. Um, now, what do the board need to do to please fans again? That might be a really stupid question, but um, you know, lots of fans at the moment are calling for the, the club to be sold, the ball to be changed. Is this likely? Is it realistic? Well, you're right. The only thing that can change... Well, there'll be some fans who you won't change their opinion. I'm sure you all sit um, quite near to someone... Um, who will just moan whatever happens. Um, and that's why they go to football at the weekend or, or on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night, um, as the case may be. Um, but I, I, this whole thing about Enoch out and, and Sel Levy, look, again, I, I'm not pro or against. I, I, I go to football to enjoy myself. And, and, you know, thankfully, most of the time, Tottenham allow that. And there are times when it's pretty bleak. But... Um, the one everyone just kind of overlooks this whole like oh what do they do you don't just go into an estate agent and say I'll just sell the club now and put a board up outside that's not how it works we're talking about multi-billion pound enterprises with share prices with advertising campaigns with it's huge huge business if somebody comes in and offers Enoch Daniel Levy Lewis whatever they want they'll sell it Everyone has a value. And, you know, the whole Glazers um, campaign that's been going on at Manchester United, Mashiri at Everton at the moment, uh, you know, it's gone owner. You would go right back through owners after owners, Bolton Wanderers, Blackburn Rovers, you know, Middlesbrough, these clubs, Derby County, all these clubs who have fallen from grace. And you've, you've got to, and well, Chelsea, for example, with the change of owner, there has to be someone come in and say, here's the money that you value for this club. I'm sure there's a queue of people who have come to Daniel Levy and gone, oh, how much? And if Daniel Levy gives them the price and they go, oh, no, that's far too much for us, he's not going to sell it, is he? He is not. They're, they're not going to sell the club until someone offers them what they deem it to be worth. And so that could go on for years and years to come. So to me, the only way things can change at the moment is if Daniel Levy finds his wallet and allows the manager who we currently have, who is world-class, to go and buy the players he wants. Crackers, do you think there'll be a change of ownership in the near future? Um, because the, the way I see it at the moment, with the naming rights deal still not completed, um, I, I can't see any deal happening sometime soon. Hmm. I, I don't get this hang-up on what people think about who owns the club. What do you care if Joe Lewis, Lennox Lewis or Leona Lewis own a club? Who cares? As long as they're running it right, that's all, that's all I want. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not Enoch out. I'm Enoch reform, to be honest. Just like whoever's running it, just run it right. Bring in a manager that fits your budget and your vision. Stick with them. Back them. Back the big decisions. Be brave when tough decisions or things go a little bit awry. <clears throat> Dare I say it, Chris, like the mob down the road. It would have been very, very easy for them at the end of last season to have yeah. gone, oh, that's not worked because we've just got pipped to the post. 
by Tottenham on the last day. We didn't lose at Norwich, by the way, uh, Mikel Arteta. But look at them now. Look where they are now because they made they 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 got someone in. They backed him and they was brave. He was brave with those in the dressing room that was causing issues. They got rid of Lacazette. They got rid of Ozil. They got rid of Abamian. They just wrote them off. Wrote them off because that's what Mikel Arteta wanted. So I just want whoever's running Spurs, and I don't care who it is. I really, really don't care. I just want them to pick a manager, be brave, and back them. If it doesn't work, fine. Sometimes things don't work. I just don't want this current impasse. That's what I. That's what I don't want. Um, do I back this current ball to be able to do that? To be honest, Chris, the last twenty-two years suggests no. It really doesn't. Enoch might be the right owners, maybe with the wrong chairman. Maybe, maybe if he goes off and like goes and looks after the flats and building cinemas and everything else, because. To be fair to the club, look what we've built with the training ground, with the stadium, with the build-up of the area, with the college, with a lot of things around the club are absolutely unbelievable off the scale. But I think that also feeds into how we all feel because all those non-verbal cues that we see at the moment around the club suggests a big club. Everything that, uh, that surrounds the club smacks of a big, big club until it gets over the white line and the, t- and, 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 and the football. And then all yep. of a sudden, it just looks like the Keystone Cops at the moment. So I don't think that helps. I don't think the mob up the road doing what they're doing helps. I think that all helps to magnify and intensify how we're all feeling. So for me, I don't care who's running the club. Just have a vision, just have a blueprint, just have a roadmap of what you want to go with as a club. Convey that out because as it stands, you know, we hear nothing from the club itself until Conte's wheeled out. And quite rightly, he said, you know, it's always me that's being wheeled out here. Um, Be a little bit better at your PR as well. Get that right because last year... We heard from Daniel Levy being interviewed by Tottenham TV. And you could, it, it just absolutely smacked of like the poor guy interviewing him, reading questions that Daniel had written himself. You know, it was like, Daniel, you're a great chairman. What's about We all saw through it. We absolutely all saw through it. Don't take us for mugs because that. That whole PR exercise was an absolute gaff. Don't do that. Like, put somebody up from the club to come on one of the more sensible shows, like yourself, like Last Word on Spurs. There's a few out there, the Spurs show as well. Come out. Come and speak to us. You're not going to get bitten. We'll ask you some questions. We'll be polite. We'll be civil. We'll be professional. And give us some straight answers. And I tell you what, their PR would absolutely go through the roof at the moment. Sit down with somebody from one of the big newspapers and do do an interview and just convey to the fans 
what it is you want to do with the club. Because at the moment, it's all over the place. So I, I really don't care, Chris, who owns the club. Just do something that seems a little bit right and a little bit something that we can all hang our hat on. That's all I want. Yeah, well said, Crackers. I've said this before as well, because the fans' forums used to be um, fantastic to go to and listen to. And uh, one of the last ones that I went to, uh, Pochettino was there with Daniel Levy and Hugo Lloris. And they opened the floor to uh, the audience and the fans and they asked questions. And I think it would be great for um, somebody connected to the club to come on shows like this. Um, on YouTube, and you know, perhaps they do like a media day with with fans. It'd be fantastic to 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 be a part of that. Um, Dean, can I come back to you on this question on screen? Um, is Kulusevski still actually on loan at Spurs, considering Juve are in the docks? I wonder if this transfer may be affected. Um, any news on this one? Uh, at the moment, I don't think it is affected. Um, all of all of the deal was agreed and signed. Um, I, I, th- I don't think any of us will ever see exactly what was on the on the stages of that contract, but it's somewhere in the region of 20, 25 league games he plays this year and we finish in the top four, then there's an obligation to buy. If we don't finish in the Champions League, there's an option to buy, which clearly Tottenham will take. His value has you know, grown exponentially in the last 12 months. And, you know, and then you talk, you know, Kulicevsky down to the player, all the noises he's made, especially over the last couple of weeks, is he can't believe how how welcome he's been made by the fans, how much he's been taken to their hearts and how much he's yeah. loving playing at the club. So um, I, I just don't see there being a problem with this one. Craig, let's come to you on the last question um, from the Spurs talk show. Um, if Antonio Conte took over at Fulham, would he get more from the players than Silva? Uh, more from Brighton than the Zerbi? Not for me. Watchable football that gets results is possible with average squads. Do you think Antonio Conte should be getting more from players? I think he should. I think he got more out of them last year when um, when we finished fourth. But I've always been of the opinion, this might be controversial, but managers like Conte, like Pep, like Klopp to a certain degree, um, good coaches, undoubtedly good coaches. But if you stick them in a Fulham or a, Burnley with the greatest respect or somebody that could they turn those teams into championship winning teams? Probably not to be honest with you. And these managers need money and need the best players. It's kind of probably makes sense. You think it would make sense, but it would be good to see one of these elite coaches at a lower level club to see how much they could coach better football out of players. In my opinion, Kunse should be getting more out of these players. Have I seen signs of the players not playing for Conte. I don't think I have. I think they still, on the whole, enjoy playing for him. But players like Son, I think the strikes me about Son, you used to see him smile all the time. I haven't really seen him smile much lately. And that's a worrying sign for me. And I'm not saying Son's going to go. I think Son loves Tottenham. Coming back to what Crackers was saying about Poch loving the club, I think Son loves the club. I just think he's in a very sticky patch at the moment. Um, but not seeing Sonny smile, it, it, it's understandable because his form's, you know, he's dropped so much. Can't buy a goal. Um, Kane doesn't even look very happy at the moment. But, you know, it's because we're losing and they probably don't know why themselves, why, why things aren't working out. That City game the other night, couldn't quite believe it myself at half-time. 
And if we're all honest, we kind of thought you're not a proper Spurs fan if you didn't go through your head. City are going to come back and win this, you know. Um, it, it's, it's, a really, it's a really difficult one. Has Conte taken this squad, as we've heard with managers before, has he taken them as far as he can and he needs the reinforcements? That's what he's saying. There's, I, I don't blame Conte completely. I don't blame the board completely. I don't blame the players completely. I just think it's a combination, almost like the perfect storm of all three. All I do know is I'm not enjoying watching Tottenham that much at the moment. And I just want that joy back because, yeah. let's face it, there's not much joy in life at the moment for everyone. Everything going up, as Crack has said, everybody knows about. It's bloody cold out there. Whenever you go out, it's horrible month, January as well. Spurs was always the thing that kind of takes your mind off stuff when you've got crap going on in your life. And even that isn't something I look forward to at the moment. So I just want, I know it's a cliche, but I just want my Tottenham back. I want, want to enjoy watching football. I want to see the progressive attacking football that Daniel Levy promised us. And I think most fans would want that. You don't mind losing if you're, if, you, if you're actually entertained. And I'm not being entertained and, Chris, we've spoken about this before. I don't think you've felt entertained, have you? And as I said the other night, I haven't enjoyed watching Spurs for a whole game in, I can't remember since when. And I just want that back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, last question for you all. Of course, on Monday, we face Fulham away in the Premier League. Dean, how do you see this game going? I, I, I fear a little, a little bit for it because Fulham have um, have got a little bit of that joy that Craig was just talking about about them at the moment. They've they've got a, a kind of happy go lucky feel to them at the moment, and um, and that's dangerous, you know. For their, you know, that they at the beginning of the season, I think that most people would have had Fulham in their bottom five or six. I don't I don't think that's insulting yeah. Fulham in any way. Um, I think most of the Fulham fans would probably have had them in the top five or six as well. So. When it's going as well as it is, and they're clearly going to stay up, you you they they're sort of playing in a way where the the, the pressure's off them, and and that's a dangerous place for them to be. Listen, on paper, Spurs are the better team, and if we go there and play half as well as we did against Man City in the first half, and just don't have an absolute meltdown, then I think we'll win the game. Um, I I'm. I'm I never bet on Tottenham anyway, but I won't be. Bet, I won't be having a bet on Monday night with the way things are going. Just a just a quick touch on what Craig said there about Conte again. I think abs, absolutely spot on about about all the points. My what my one point would be that I thought this was a different approach. I thought that I don't think managers actually have to come in and make players better. I, I, that's that's not they've had a lot of development. These players are professional footballers. They you know they they don't go through exponential growth and get better, you know, and better all the time. What I expected is him to come in and get them to play his way and he coaches a formation. And at the moment, he's got four or five players who aren't good enough to do what he wants them to do. And that's the positions that we've got to improve on. So, um, so yeah, look, I, I, I'd like to think we'll beat Fulham as long as Hugo doesn't throw one in or unless we drop him this week, which we should. Um, and um, and I'd like to think that we get the best eleven on the field, which for me at the moment doesn't include Son either. It includes Richarlison. Um, yeah. So I think um, he's got a couple of big decisions to make, and hopefully this week, given everything that's gone on, they go, let's go for it, lads. Let's get Richarlison on the field, Kulicheski on the field, Bentancur on the field, and play play with some confidence, even if it's pretend confidence at the moment. But um, look, if you're asking me to put my last fiver on it, I'd say 2-2. Two, two. 
Two-two. Okay. Um, crackers, I know um, you've probably just gone to refill your pint glass, but this is the last question, I promise. Um, <laughs> the Fulham game Monday night, how are you feeling about it? What have you made of Fulham so far this season? Well, I think Fulham, Brighton just show you that it's not all about just bringing in players of a quality. There's so much more that makes a football team. You've got to have a feel-good factor. You've got to have players that want to run through brick walls for their manager. Um, there's so many variables that goes into football. Being able to actually play football, I've always said, is about 20% of being a footballer. And 80% of it is up here, the club you're at, how you feel, everything around the club, everything that's going on. So, you know, Fulham at the moment are in a great place. They're obviously enjoying their life. They're the players. They're enjoying playing under the manager. Da -da 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 -da. So they've got that real feel-good factor around them. As you say, if you look at Fulham on paper and look at us on paper, we're absolutely blowing them off the park, blowing them away. But yeah. that's just not football. That's why we love it, because it's not an exact science. It's a chaos, isn't it? Football is actually chaos. And there's so many variables. So, I don't know, Chris. Spurs are just so hard to to predict. Uh, Palace away. I went out for the night. I didn't even watch it. I took my wife out for our 26th anniversary. And uh, Mr. Brian Hill masterclass and a 4-0 win. Because I thought we was going to get absolutely cuffed. So... Don't, all I can predict is don't put Tottenham in any of your betting hackers because we could win 4-0, we could lose 4-0. I just don't know. We're 2-0 up at Man City, so I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the players could look at all what's been going on and go, this is absolutely nuts. They might have been told tomorrow morning, some of the senior players, don't listen to him. Pochettino's coming back. Uh, everything's all right, and they might feel 10 foot tall. They might be in fun tomorrow morning and go, uh, can't they stay until the end of the season? I know you hate him, and they'll go out there with their chins on the deck. I just I can't predict it, Chris. I honestly cannot predict it. Really can't. It's, not, it's funny. I'll bring all you guests on asking you all these questions, but I have no idea what the score's going to be either. I, I, I can't predict it because, as you say, you, you know, win, a, a loss, a, a draw, you just don't know what to expect with this Spurs side at the moment. Craig, how are you feeling about it? Um, oddly enough, I think we'll have just about enough to get past Fulham and looking at recent results against them, uh, it's going to be a tight game. I mean, I remember the Nkudu cross in the last minute to um, to Winks with the last minute yeah. header. I vaguely remember, was it Gary Doherty scoring against them? Was that Fulham? Uh, you know, tight game. Be a hit or a miss. <laughs> Do you know, funny, I might have said it before, funny story. There's a, a friend of mine, um, she, she, she was in a nightclub and uh, Gary Doherty was in there. And uh, he kissed her and he looked at her and he said, tell me, that's the best you've ever had, isn't it? And then she just laughed. <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> Do you know Chris, what? Chris, Chris, Chris the, the doc is the loveliest man you'll ever meet. He plays for the Legends team now. Yeah. 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 But listen, he's no Brad Pitt, is he? He's like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's more like Brad Pitt's brother 
Cecil Pitt or Cess Pitt for sure. Yeah, he's he's not a looker. And I saw Gary Doherty and his missus in Tesco's once, and his missus would stop traffic. She was absolutely off the scale, lovely. And you look at him and you think to yourself, if you weren't a footballer, mate, if you was a plumber from Huddersfield, you've got no chance with that with that lady. Let let me tell you, she might love him to death, yeah. But uh, yeah, God bless the doc. I I, I do like the doc. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not doing any legends nights with him anytime soon, am I? Because I've got I've got to sell 150 tickets. Yeah, was oh, it? Was he a hit? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a hit just because of the just because of the missus he pulled. Let me tell you. Yeah, we well, loved him I for thought... ten minutes at Old Trafford, didn't we? As well. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 anyway, I mean the um the the Doherty aside, um it's gonna be a difficult game. They're on a high, they're playing well, we're on a low, so I still think we're gonna beat them two one. I think we're just gonna edge it. Going back to what Crackers was saying, I would imagine that the players would have would they be told anything? It seemed like they didn't know much about the Mourinho situation. That came out the blue when he got the boot. But from what I believe and um, what we've heard, Harry Kane is still in contact with Poch. Are they swapping the odd text message on WhatsApp saying, oh, you're going to be coming back when contact? You know, so the players will know. I, I, th- I think Dean might, might say something that proves me wrong, but the players will have a bit more knowledge as to what's going on. And if Pochi's coming back, I'm sure conversations would have, would have been had if there's a possibility for that. The only thing I ask for Tottenham is just make it, in the words of Nuno, make us proud again. Make us proud to support this club. Do us proud. Do, I'm stop, not being Nuno. Stop mentioning but, that man's name on this channel. Yeah. I'm going to make you so, so proud. I'm going to yeah, make we're you gonna, so, so proud. We're going to make you proud. We're going to make you proud. But seriously, that's all that's... That is all I ask. You know, I just want to want to be able to wear my, my Tottenham training shirt out to Tesco's without an eight-year-old kid taking the piss out of me. Ah, <laughs> Spurs! Because it happens, and it's like, you know. But you can't, you can't say they're wrong, you know. And this kid's wearing a West Ham shirt for Christ's sake. So, yeah. make make me proud. Make me proud. Make us all proud. Well, I can't, can't smile make- without you. <laughs> I can't thank you all enough for coming on this evening. Um, you know, Craig, you put a big smile on my face with your hit and miss tonight and uh, <laughs> the stories about Doherty as well. Uh, fantastic. Um, Dean, thanks so much for coming back. Um, tell everyone where they can find your wonderful work and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, well, I've actually just had a week in Rome with my lovely wife, so um, I've not done much work at all, to be honest. Uh, I just about managed to find a bar to, to watch Spurs on Thursday night. Um I was tempted to go and watch um, Lazio instead, but I, um, I watched Spurs. But yeah, I'm, I'm still at the Sun. I'm still um, writing wacky headlines on the back pages whenever possible. Um, work with a really, really great reporting team there now. We've um, we've we've built a, a really great group of, of reporters, and we've got some good young lads on board. Tom Barkley is um, the Tottenham reporter at the moment, and um, he's a great lad, and he's doing really well. And uh, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah. You, you don't really see my name around very much in the paper because I'm I'm very much the engine room, if you like, behind the scenes. But uh, uh, no no flair, more more Hoiberg than Kulichevsky, I think it's fair to say. Dean, can I ask you? Did you write Super Cali Go Ballistic Celtic Celtic Atrocious? 
Unfortunately, not. But that's the one. Uh, that's that's the one that I, I aspire to. So um, my, the, the, my 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 favourite one that I wrote was um, was when Roma beat Man City in the first year. Man City were in the Champions League, and I wrote Totty Eclipse of the Heart, which was my. Uh, oh, <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Fantastic. Hey Crackers, thanks so much for coming on this evening. Lovely to have you back on and tell everyone where they can find you and what uh, Legends Nights you've got coming up. Uh, thank you, Chris. No, thank you for the invite. On just to do a little bit of AOB, everybody asked me what I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> it's called Tropical and it's only available in the Canary Islands. And if they released it in the UK, they'd be billionaires because it is a fantastic drop. So that, that's what I'm drinking. It's called Tropical. It's very, very good. Um, you can find me at, at Mr. Cracknell. I'm back over to the UK um, in February. I've got nights with Gary Mabber, Glenn Hoddle, Harry Redknapp, Triffic, um, oh, Razor Ruddock, loads and loads of people. So have a check of the socials. I'll put all the posters up for the nights. And you know what? 40, 50 quid don't buy you much these days, but you come along to one of the nights. Um, there's nights down in Surrey that have got a dinner involved as well. You get meet and greet. You get a couple of hours of stories. You can get a few bits signed. Um, they're proper, proper good value for money. The bloke who asked the questions is terrible, but you get to meet some fantastic legends. So, have a look across those. I'm in Dartford. I'm in Gloucester, uh, Wales. I'm in Surrey, all over the place. Central London as well. Alan Brazil as well with Alan Brazil. So, uh, yeah, got plenty, plenty, plenty coming up. They're good nights out. Yeah, do check out Cracker's uh, Twitter page. And I'll put the link below as well so you can check all of that out. And I must get down to one of your Legends Nights soon, Crackers. Yes, I please you. do. Please do. I promise you. Uh, and Craig, thanks so much for coming back and uh, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, they can give you hit and miss. They can tweet you yeah. hit and miss for all of these players. Absolutely. It'd be fun to hear from people. Uh, yeah, at DM9 on Twitter. That would be, be great. You know, ask me, uh, ask, ask me hits and misses from down the years because I'm sure there's been more misses than hits. But uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I'm back on again after Preston. Chris did give me a choice between Preston and Man City. I took the coward's way out because I thought I got a better chance of talking about a win against Preston. So uh, I'll be back again on Saturday. So, always enjoyed it. It has cheered me up a bit because I was feeling thorough, thoroughly depressed uh, earlier. So, it's been, been a great chat with Crackers and Dean and, and Chris yourself. And like Chris, I'll have to get down to one of your um, your Legends Nights Crackers, whether it be in Essex or down in Dartford. It sounds like really good fun. So, Chris, I'll come with you if you, if you ever go. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll see you all next time. Absolutely. Well, Craig, Dean, Crackers, thanks so much for your time. And thanks so much... Uh, for everybody watching and listening this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, let's hope the Spurs can get back to winning ways on Monday evening at Craven Cottage against Fulham. Until the next one, come on you Spurs.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.